0: Have a seat. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, I told the first, uh, I told our nine o'clock service it's a little bit rainy, a little misty outside, a little dark. So they all fell asleep during the first service. So y'all need to stay awake, okay? So wake up. Um, we're gonna, I'm gonna get Tom up here on the drums just to bang on them if y'all get sleepy, okay? No, uh, man. Thank you guys for being here. I know uh, we could have, could have been a lot of other places today, but you chose. Uh, you made the conscious effort and choice to come into worship. Uh, our Savior today, and, and I'm so, grac- uh, so grateful that you chose to come here. If this is your first time, I know several of you guys, several families here today, it's your first time worshiping with us on Sunday, we're so thankful that you're here. In the back of the seat in front of you is a card. If you would grab that card, uh, fill out as much information as you feel comfortable with. We actually have a gift for you today um, at our what we call our next steps, which as soon as you walk out those doors, just keep walking straight. Um, hand your card to one of the folks that's working there at that desk, and uh, they'll hook you up with uh, some information about our church, but also your very own Lindsay Laney's t-shirt. I mean, you can throw it away, wear it to bed, or wear it to lunch. That's what I always advise, okay? Um, But hey, if this is your first time, make sure that you do that, and then uh, stop by Next Steps on your way out. Uh, We'd love to do that. If you're watching online, you can click the link um, in the Details of this video. You'll see the connect card on there. You can click on that, fill it out. We'll follow up with you as well. Okay, man. Today we're uh, I'm excited because we're diving off in a new series. Uh, we just finished up four weeks looking at the holiness of God in Isaiah chapter six. Today uh, really dovetails well into what we're talking about today. We're taking uh, taking a look at a passage as Patrick prayed. It's pretty familiar to to us if you grew up in church or if you played sports growing up. <laughs> Every every game, I think it was after every football game, uh, we all knelt down at the middle of the field, and we said the Lord's prayer um, after the, after every football game. And so for us, that's what we're going to be talking about the next four weeks. We're going to be looking at the Lord's prayer for the next four weeks, and um, and it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. Today we're going to kind of take the first uh, the first verse of it, and um, it's going to be it'll be it'll be cool. We'll get there in a second. so. Go ahead and open your Bibles, Matthew chapter six. Um, So here's what you need to know. Last fall, we did a study on the Sermon on the Mount. So it's Matthew 5 through 7. It's one of the largest teaching blocks uh, from Jesus that we get in all the Gospels. And uh, smack dab in the middle of it is the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, when we preached through, I did 12 weeks through the Sermon on the Mount. Right right in the middle is the Lord's Prayer. 12 weeks, and I didn't even touch the Lord's Prayer. Okay, so now we're going to spend four weeks just on the Lord's Prayer. It's going to be a lot of fun. I pray that God transforms the way we pray uh, through this, And so um, we're going to come back and catch these verses. So I'm going to read them, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to start talking about it, okay? This verse 9. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us. From the evil one. Let's pray together, Father God. We thank you that uh, that Jesus has given us this prayer in, in your in the Word, God that we can uh, we can learn from God. We can um, God. I pray uh, allow it to transform the way that we pray and uh, the why that we pray and the how that we pray. Uh, God, I pray that you be with us today. God, help us uh, to just all draw closer to you because of what's talked about this morning um during the rest of the service we love you and we thank you in jesus name amen just so you know it feels really weird to pray after reading the lord's prayer that's tough a tough act to follow but we just did it okay um this morning we're going to start again this four-week study through this cool prayer that jesus gives the first thing you need to know is that jesus did not pray this prayer okay (laughs) jesus prayed a lot of prayers in the scripture um, a lot of times Jesus went uh, to God in prayer, and his disciples heard that. No doubt, there were times where they were sharing a meal, and Jesus would be praying a prayer. There are times where Jesus, uh, where three of Jesus' closest disciples got to witness him going into the Garden of Gethsemane before his the, the night he was arrested. They got to hear, maybe even hear his prayer that lasted f- for hours, right? But the Lord's prayer is kind of poorly anth- poorly. An- uh, Poorly uh, named, because it actually wasn't Jesus's prayer. He didn't. He we don't know if Jesus ever prayed this prayer. And here's what I want you to know: the first thing, if you're a note taker, this prayer is, is discipleship. It is discipleship. Um, Jesus gives this prayer to his followers as a way to teach them to pray. It isn't just a recording of a prayer that Jesus prayed. It's it's a it's a it's a prayer that Jesus gave to teach them to pray. And so it's actually you see it two different times in the scripture. If you look at uh, Luke chapter 11. Jesus' disciples actually come to him and they say, teach us to pray. And guess what Jesus does? He gives them the Lord's Prayer. And so he says, there's something about this prayer that is going to teach them what prayer is. And then here in Matthew 6, like I've already said, it's smack dab in the middle of Jesus' largest teaching block that's recorded in the Sermon on the Mount. And again, it's Jesus' way of teaching his disciples to pray. Uh, it begins with the word therefore. And if you've heard me teach or preach more than two or three times, you know it's hard for me to skip over that. Okay, we can't just breeze by the word therefore. That's what we, that's what I call a connecting word, right? It's connecting what was just said to what's about to be said. That's what's important. That's why we need to take note of it. And so its uh, we got to look back before we look forward. So Jesus is just given a short talk on prayer. Here's what we forget. We forget that the Lord's Prayer was like part of a bigger thing and whenever we just come to the lord's prayer and we just pray it after a football game or we pray it you know over a meal or whatever but with your kids before bed and you don't remember that it's part of something bigger going on jesus has just given a short talk on how uh prayer was being done poorly in god's presence the jewish leaders of jesus's day stunk at prayer they just did and jesus uses them as an example he says that they're Uh, This is my words, not Jesus's. But the leaders were grandstanding. You know what I mean by that? They were showboating, right? There was a lot of showmanship in prayer. And Jesus said that made it bad. It was not good. He drives home the point through this that his followers shouldn't just pray out loud so that others think they are holy. He actually gives them two examples. He says, first off, God ain't impressed by your big words. Oh, congrats. You can say propitiation. Awesome. (laughs) Right? Right? God's not impressed with that. If you want to use the word propitiation, I do sometimes in prayer, but don't try to impress God with it because he knows it too. <laughs> don't do that. right, Patrick, you didn't use propitiation, did you? today? That would have been awkward. Um, <laughs> or did I use it too? I don't remember. Um, but don't, don't use big words, right? And the second thing Jesus says is don't try to impress God with how long you pray. Some of these Pharisees, man, they would get out and they would just have these big long prayers. And it says, literally use the word ramble. They would ramble, right? um you're not you god doesn't god doesn't uh, he's not impressed by the, the the big words or the many words he says and this is how he ends it he says god knows your heart and knows your needs already see that's how it ends the section on prayer and then we get the word therefore right and so that is That is perfectly placed by Jesus himself to say, because God is not impressed with your fancy long prayer, because he's not impressed with the big words that you use to try to impress the people around you, because he already knows your heart, therefore, Jesus says, pray like this. And then he gives what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's not necessarily just a prayer Jesus wanted us to mindlessly pray through the day, this prayer is not in itself worship, just because you lifted up the lord's prayer before a meal or after a football game don't mean God heard it. You get that right? it don't mean it was worship. saying the way it 's not a magic formula it 's not some sort of prayer that that uh, that God hears in a special way. This prayer is given so that his disciples might understand what prayer is, who it 's directed to, and what prayer can and should include. And this is, if if you're a note taker, write this thing down. This prayer is designed to teach you to pray, not give you a prayer to pray. You see the difference? This prayer is given to teach you to pray, not give you a prayer to pray. That's an important distinction. Now, what I'm not saying is that you should never pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, It's actually one that, that I pray. It's one of the three prayers that I pray with my son. Uh, we have three different prayers that we pray, and uh he gets a choice of every night which one we're going to pray. He usually chooses the third one because it has hand motions um, just so you know parents hand motions are good okay uh, they always choose that and uh, and it ends with yelling, which is always fun too um with a boy, so it ends loud um, but this prayer is not a it's not a bad thing it doesn't mean that we can't pray this um, you can absolutely pray this prayer if you mean every piece of it and honor god greatly uh, it's in the intent that's what the sermon on the mount is all about it's about our hearts so this prayer was designed to be a way to disciple Jesus' followers and help them learn to pray and one of the things that we learn about uh, prayer from jesus in the lord's prayer is that first off it's intimate or second off it's intimate it's intimate Jesus begins teaching his disciples how to pray by showing them who they are praying to, the person behind their prayer. And here's the deal. It would have been totally acceptable, totally acceptable for Jesus to begin that prayer by saying, dear God, right? Uh, in my previous church, we had a guy, and man, I hope he watches this. Um, we had a guy at my previous church who uh, we had one of those uh, uh, offering tables down front uh lord's supper communion tables down front and uh, that's where we had our offering plates and so the ushers would come forward you know at the time to take up the offering and they would voice a prayer and this guy <laughs> and i've picked at him about it before so you know but every time he would go to pray he would he would say dear lord and it was this very like drawn out thing it's just a little bit country but it always sounded like he was hey, he's had a rough week you know like <laughs> everybody always said just be with Phil, god it sounds like he's had a rough week <laughs> Phil Tucker, that's for you, buddy. Um, but, but that's the way he always started his prayer. Um, Jesus could have started this prayer by saying, creator of the heavens and the earth, right? He could have started by saying the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that the Old, Old Testament uses that term a lot. He could, have called, he could have referred to God as the God of Israel. There literally is no end to the number of names that Jesus could have began this prayer with, but he starts with Father, and that's significant, Again, Jesus is trying to teach us something, not just give us a prayer to pray. When you look at all the prayers of Jesus, which is surprisingly not a whole, whole lot, even though we actually hear that Jesus was praying a lot, we actually don't get the words of those prayers very often in the first four books of the Bible that we call the Gospel Accounts. But in all but one of those prayers, he refers to God as Father. And so I think it's something for us to take note of. This is and I'll just be straight with you. This is what ticked off the first century Jewish people. <laughs> this, is, this was a lot of the issues that they had with Jesus. Um, this is John 5, verse 18, uh, just to give this to you. Um, Jesus calls God Father in front of a large group, and it says, John says, this is why the Jews began trying to kill him all the more. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even, even calling God his own Father, making himself equal to God. This is a big deal, and it's, what, it's one of the big frustrating things with Jesus. I read this week a German scholar was doing some research um, in New Testament li- literature, and uh, he literally just, he, he discovered that in the entire history of Judaism, entire history of Judaism, that's the, all the Old Testament books, and several books, if you're not familiar, there were several books that were actually written by Jewish people uh, right before Jesus was born, like in the last 400 years before Jesus. Um, they're collected now in what we call the Apocrypha, which is just a section of other books. Historical, um, Just we don't consider them uh, that important uh, to, to the Bible. We don't believe they're God-breathed, and we don't believe they're Scripture. But they are neat books to read. And so um, the German scholar, he studied all the Old Testament books, and then these books, they're written in the 400s, and then several other books written by rabbis and stuff around the time. Listen, in all of that history, he couldn't find a single account of, of a rabbi or an important person referring to God as Father in a, in a, in a, in a personal way. Not a single time. That's Abraham, Jacob, <laughs> Isaac, Jacob, uh, uh, Joseph, Moses, David. None of these people called God my Father. And then the first century. This cool hotshot rabbi comes on the scene. Son of a carpenter. A no-name, nobody, named Jesus. And he's going around calling God my Father. And it shook the Jewish world to the core. Because they had never heard this before. And we recognize, right, that, that Jesus if you've been around church, if you don't, recognize that the Bible actually tells us that Jesus is the Son of God. That's the name in which he is given. And so Jesus has a special relationship with God. So we almost kind of understand that, right? The Jewish people didn't get it, but I understand as a Christian that my Savior, Jesus, is the Son of God. So Of course he can call God Father. But in the Lord's Prayer, does he say, My Father? He actually teaches his disciples to pray that he's also your father. In fact, 12 times in the Sermon on the Mount, he refers to God as your father. You see that? So Jesus is not only saying God is my father and I get to pray to him. He's saying he's your father and you get to talk to God as father. I have children. And that makes me a father. And I can tell you that I ignore my kids when they're whining. Amen? Anybody? Amen. Amen. All right. I can ignore my kids when they want a snack when they just had supper. I can ignore them all day. But at bedtime when those jammies are on and they crawl up in my lap and they nuzzle up on my neck and they begin to tell me things. Things that they want, things that they need, how their day was. How they hope their day goes tomorrow? They got both ears. Because my lap belongs to my children. I love all of you. But my lap ain't yours. <laughs> that went over better in the second service. I said it in a creepier way in the first service. Anyway. But you get that, right? Like I love y'all and I and honestly, man, if you anything going on, we we are we as a staff or all, and I, I, as your pastor, I'm always here to help you go through whatever, whatever. But, but just know, like, my kids trump you. <laughs> my kids and my wife trump you all day, okay? Because I'm their dad, I'm their father. You can text me, send me an email, you can call, we can talk after the service, you can share a meal. But the intimacy of con- my, the inf- intimacy of conversation that I have with my children, is something that you and I can't experience together. And you just gotta be okay with that, all right? But because we get to call God Father, listen, we get to lock eyes with the creator of the universe. We get the full attention of the one who spoke all things into existence and the one who sustains all things by his word. That's the ear that we get. And so I'll just be straight with you. What hit me this week was, Heath, why in the world do you struggle to pray sometimes? Have you thought about that? If you have problems, and you do, we all do. If you have problems, and God can do something about it, and he can, and he is your father who is willing to listen, and he is, and could not. Why do I struggle to focus during prayer? Why do I struggle to open up my heart to God during prayer? And I just transparently, as your pastor, like, I do struggle with that. I do. That question is, is as, I said, as much for me as it is for you. But just because I struggle with it, don't give you a pass. Right? We're in this thing together, and that's why I want to preach through the Sermon on the Mount. Because I need help in this too. I think, I think over the next four weeks, we can all grow and our understanding of what it means to pray. And so if we'll recognize these truths that we're talking about right now before we pray, man, it's going to make a difference um, in our walks with God. So I want to show you one more thing about the Lord's Prayer that it teaches us about prayer, and that's number three. It's communal. You see, Jesus called God my Father, and He told Him He's also your Father, but that ain't what He said in the prayer. What did He say in the prayer? Our Father. Our Father. Our Father. The importance of that possessive pronoun. English teachers, I get that right? Thank you. Okay. The importance of that possessive pronoun, our, is heavy. Heavy. And I think there's two implications for us. The first is we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for each other. If you were to make two columns on a sheet of paper, when you go home today or right now, if you were to make two columns, one of them it has me, and the other one it has others on it. Me and others, that's your two columns. And you, you look back over your week or the last month and you tally mark, right? You tally mark the number of times that you prayed for yourself and the times you prayed for other people. Which column's bigger? Don't say that loud. Unless you need to confess. More than likely, I'm going to just be straight with you. I can be super selfish in my prayers. Absolutely, I can. I don't always do it intentionally. <laughs> But I can wear God out for things I would like to see Him do in my life, and totally forget y'all even existed. (laughs) Because there's things going on in my life right now. That's all. First service is I'll tell you all this. Y'all got a pastor who procrastinated this semester, and I'm struggling to finish. I'm in school right now, trying to get my master's. I'm graduating in December. I'm on the home stretch. I got seven projects due over the next 14 days. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your, and if anybody wants to preach next Sunday, you're welcome to no. <laughs> um we're, pro- we're probably taking care of that too. But um uh what somebody said, just let it, it's a testimony Sunday next week. Testimony Sunday. That means the pastor does not have enough time to prepare um, <laughs> no, um no, we're gonna take care of that. Um but but honestly, fourteen fourteen days. Right, so I I've got I've got some I got some significant things in my heart in my life that I'm going to the Lord with right now. Right? And I know school's not by any means a big one but there's a lot of things all going on in all of our lives and it's easy our natural tendency is to pray for ourselves but we have to with intentionality pray for one another if you need to keep a prayer list in your home on your fridge for you and your family to see or if you prefer uh, prefer a a private journal or uh, notifications on your phone is fantastic for me Right, because so many of you have have illnesses and sicknesses and doctors' appointments and hospitals and and honestly, I, I just I hope this doesn't make you respect me less, but I put those in my phone so that I, I prioritize that because I want to remember to pray for you when you're going in for a procedure, or a hospital visit, and all that, and I want to do those things. And so I use my phone oftentimes to remind me to pray for other people. You got to find what works. But I tell you what doesn't work: not doing it. So quit that. All right, all right here we go. Uh, pray for other people. The second implication for the term "Our Father" and jesus 's teaching on prayer is that Jesus wanted his disciples to know that they were in the same boat. Their lives as his followers were not to be lived separate from one another, each traveling in his or her own direction. The life of Jesus is a communal one. so let me speak to that for a second using an analogy that I know and love. Kelly and I love to kayak. Uh, We bought kayaks back uh, before kids when we had a little bit more time. And uh, so we used to go kayaking a whole lot. And now that we have kids, y'all know where our kayaks are? In the attic. I bet y'all didn't know you could get a kayak in the attic. I didn't either, but there wasn't room in the garage. So it's in the attic. There's times where I said, baby, let's go kayaking. She's like, we can't get them down. We're going to have to just cut a hole in the roof or something. I don't know what we're going to do. Um but but that's where they are now, but that's that's it. We, we love to go kayaking. Well we've paddled several creeks and rivers around here. Um but our favorite ride of all time, we've probably ridden it twenty times, is Sugar Creek in West Limestone. Man, I love Sugar Creek. Uh it's a, so here's the deal. I'm a, I'm a, this is where you need to take notes. Okay? It's where you need you need to listen. Okay, I'm trying to help you. You put in on Highway 99. At Todd's Bottom. If you can't find it, ask somebody. Everybody knows where Todd's Bottom is in West limestone. Go to Todd's Bottom. Monica's testifying up here, okay? <laughs> Go to Todd's Bottom. And here's the deal. Once you get in the water, make sure you get out at Cotton Belt Road. Because if you don't get out at Cotton Belt Road, that creek's fixing to start doing this, and this, and this, and it's getting wider and wider. And what happens with water when, it, when you have a lot of water getting to a larger area? It slows down, and in the kayak, that means you got to work a lot harder. And then you've got to paddle across the Elk River to get to Sportsman's Park, which is the next spot you can park your car. You can get a great cheeseburger, but it's hard work crossing the river. Now, none, not enough of y'all were writing that down. You really <laughs> you really should have been writing that down. Felicia Inman on the front row, first service. Kathy's got it here. Kathy will have it at Next Steps. If you need to go kayaking after service today, stop by Next Steps. Be glad to give that to you today. Um, now that's a good resource right there. Um, here we go. Anyway, on Sugar Creek, there are some spots that are pretty quick moving. Okay, there may be a deeper hole on the right, but over on the left will be a tree, a tree down, or a big rock, right? And just like, um, just like uh, when a lot, when a little bit of water, right, gets into a larger area, it slows down. When a lot of water gets narrowed up, it speeds up. It's called divergent, diverging, diverging, diverging nozzle. nozzle, right? I learned that in the first service. And so what happens is the water, it speeds up, right? And you get those little beautiful little white caps. And so on Shearer Creek, there's quite a few of those. And so I love, uh, when, I, when I'm paddling uh, Shearer Creek, my head is on a swivel. I'm looking for those beautiful white cap rapids, not to avoid them, mind you, but to head directly into them. uh, As fast as I can, I'm going to roll into those things, okay? Um, I've ruined a cell phone, several cans of Sundrop, and I lost my first wedding ring in Sugar Creek because I flipped multiple times. It's been 10 years. You can't go find it. It wasn't that expensive anyway. Um, However, I love hitting those rapids. However, Kelly is also watching for them, but for a different reason, because she's intelligent. She's not trying to ride through them. She goes around them. Unlike me, Kelly has never fallen out of a kayak on Sugar Creek. Never. So she still has her original wedding ring and all that. But I have a whole bunch. Kelly can do that because she controls her own boat. I want the rapids. I go towards them. She goes the other way. We get to do that because we're in, we're in, we're in a canoe. She can go in her direction. I go mine. But what happens when we share a canoe? What happens if me and Kelly get in a canoe together and go to Sugar Creek? We got decisions to make, don't we? <laughs> hey, baby, see think. and I start paddling this way to go that way, and she says, "No, no, no," and she starts paddling on this way to go this way, right? What she doesn't realize is that makes us go straight, and we're headed towards it, probably right into a rock. So we have to make sure when you're in a canoe together, you have to communicate your path. You have to work together so that you're not paddling in a circle. I'll just to be honest with you. It's harder to canoe on Sugar Creek than it is kayak because it takes communication and, and all of that. However, when you communicate and when you work together, you can absolutely cover some ground. Every time we go kayaking with somebody who has a canoe, if they're together, we can't keep up with them. A canoe with two people in it getting after it will smoke a kayak any day of the week. Now, I know there are people that would look at our church, this church in particular even, and say, man, sometimes y'all don't even look like you like each other. Y'all bicker and fight sometimes, and the church at large especially. And why in the world would I want to be a part of that? I just do my life on my own. And you know what I say to those people? absolutely i can't stand them sometimes either right like we we but but the church isn't supposed to be easy that's not what we signed up to do we didn't sign it's a lot easier to live try to live your life in a lot of ways it's easier to just live your own life and stay out of just do your thing live your life in isolation and go through that a lot of days life would be much simpler if i built a cabin in the middle of the woods and didn't talk to anybody but we don't do this together as the church because it's easy. We do it together because it's the only way we can see it accomplished. If we're going to see the glory of God in us, our neighbors, and the nations, it ain't happening because of me. And it ain't happening because of you, it's happening because of us. We do this together because it's the only way that we'll see the Great Commission accomplished. Through our ministry, if he thinks he lives a sold-out life for Jesus, and but yet I do it alone, I'm going to see some fruit. I'm going to see some cool stuff happen. But if we do it together, heading in one direction, rallying around a common goal, it's going to be hard. And you're going to go to bed mad at me sometimes, and I'm going to go to bed mad at you sometimes. But at the end of the day, we're going to keep the goal and the mission above all else, and then we'll see God do something really, really cool. I believe that is why, one of the reasons why Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father. Our Father. The moment that you begin to think you've got a personal God who attends to your needs, Jesus says, Our Father. Remember that your God is my God and her God and his God. We're in this thing together. You know we like to talk about next steps here. I've said it like four times already in this sermon. Every week I ask a question. No matter how God speaks to you today, you need to figure out what next steps God's laying on your heart. Well, I can't think of any better next step to take today than to pray for people. But to pray for other people. Pray for this church, people in this church. Lift this church up in prayer. And you may be like me and you know, you may know everybody who walked in the door today. And others of you, this is your first time, several of you. And you're like, I I don't know anybody. But most of you probably fall somewhere in the middle. You've got a small group of people that you know here, and that's awesome. Or you're in a small group on Wednesday nights, and you know those people. But listen, can I challenge you a little? (laughs) Don't just pray for those you know. Don't just pray for those that are heavy on your heart. Pray for those you don't know. Even if you don't know Murray's name. God, be with that guy who wears Alabama stuff every single Sunday. Be with Sam and Leanne who drove separate cars here today. It's a hair appointment. It's a hair appointment, y'all. Be, be with God. Help us. right? Be with these people. right? This is, this, is, this is what we need to do. Lift up prayers for our church as a whole. Call the names of the people that you know and the ones you don't know. And just a reminder, y'all, you may not know this, but at our next steps area, every single Sunday, is what we call our, our, our Lindsay Lane East prayer guide. You can grab that today and it walks you through with names and ministries and and, and real stuff that's going on in our church. And you can pray specifically four things going on. If you are new and you're I don't know anybody, get that guide on your way out. Stop by next steps and tell them, I want that prayer guide. We got copies today. You can get that and go home if that's your prayer. Or you may just say, how does need help praying praying for anything? Stop by that. Next step's in the lobby. Talk to the lady behind the counter, maybe Kathy, somebody. Talk to them. Look for the badge. They'll hook you up with whatever you need. And before we dive off into this prayer of the, for the next three weeks, um, I want us to just... Uh, to to take an opportunity to think about who we are praying to and who we're praying for. We get to bend the ear of God, our Father, the creator of all things. He hears our prayers, church. And I don't know know what you came in with. I don't know the heaviness. I've shared some of the heaviness on my heart right now, busyness, all that. I don't know what you came in with. But here's what I do know. The only way my prayers get to God is because I have a mediator in Jesus Christ. Because he died on the cross, not just for your sins or just for the sins of good people. He died for the sins of nasty, messed up ones like me. And I, God, my prayers hit the ear of God like a child to a father because Jesus shed his blood for me. Today, if you've never trusted in Jesus, I want you to know that blood was shed for you too. The Bible says that if we'll call on the name of the Lord, turning from our sin, we can be saved. And part of that salvation is getting to talk to God as your father. And there is nothing like it. If you need help making any next steps today, whether it's just coming to this altar and praying for somebody in your life, praying for this church, praying for so- come and do that during this last song. Patrick, y'all come on up. But y'all don't look at them, look at me. They're going to come in and get ready to play. But here's the deal. If you need to come in and pray the this altar for yourself or somebody else, please do that. If you need to talk to me, if you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior, man, we would love to help you make that step today. Like we'd love to pull that trigger today and show you what it looks like to follow Jesus. And then, the, uh, I'll that. And then uh, uh, you also, hey, you've never been baptized. Hey, I'm a Christian, but I've never been baptized. Come talk, let us know about that. I'm going to stand right down here um, for the first like, couple of verses or something. And I'm just going to slide to the front row. Um, we always have counselors that are available as well. If you like, rather go back than come forward, you can go back to the back door and talk to them, uh, decision counselors. But, man, we, we want to make sure that, uh, that, that you have an opportunity to take the next steps. But we're going to do one more thing. Um, just bow your heads and close your eyes. The, guys, the folks on stage are going to begin to play. The rest of the worship team will come on up. We want to do something just a little bit different. Just um, a little bit different. I want you to begin, uh, as your heads are bowed eyes are closed, man, just begin to pray for the people that you know in this church. Call the names of people that come to your mind. And you may not know anybody. You may not know anybody, but I'm about to help you. Pray for the Lions family. Kyle and Danielle. Two sweet kids. Pray for Miss Judy Haywood. Voice of prayer for her. Pray for the Robinsons. Decisions coming up. Pray for the Gifford crew. Kathy and Stephen. bless them. We love them. Pray for Seth. Pray for Jeff. Pray for Miss Barbara. So good to see Miss Barbara. God, that we can talk to you like I talked to my own dad. I can bring the heaviness of my heart to you, and God, know that you hear me. You're not an imperfect dad like me that sometimes ignores us kids when I shouldn't. Been lifting up corporate prayers for one another today. God, I pray that you've heard them and I know you have. And God, I pray that you'd act on them. As we ask you to bless these people that we mentioned, God, I pray that you did you do that. God, I pray that you'd be with everybody here, God, that you would help us all to just pray. With more passion, God, pray with more regularity, pray with more excitement, God, believing that you're going to do something. And God, I'm thankful that we've seen answered prayers in our church family over the last year and a half that I've been here, God. So many cool stories. And God, I pray that you would bless us now during this time of response as we sing this last song. God, I pray anybody here who's never trusted in you, that they just come talk to me or go to the counselors, God, if there's anybody that needs to take a next step today, that you would cement that in their heart now. God, don't let them don't let them chicken out. Help them to take that next step. We love you, God, and we thank you. Use us during this time. In Jesus' name.